your ears do not deceive you. You have just entered the Cryptid Creator Corner brought to you by your friends at Comic Book Yeti. So without further ado, let's get on to the interview. Hello and welcome to another episode of Comic Book Yeti's Cryptid Creator Corner podcast. Uh, I'm your host, uh, Jimmy Gasparro this time, and I am very excited. I have not one, but uh, two guests tonight. And uh, we have a very uh, special episode because we have artist Val Rodriguez, who's going to be here today. Um, you might be familiar with Val's work as uh, one of the artists for uh, Deep Roots from Vault Comics and also uh, a fascinating comic from A Wave Blue World uh, called Mezzo. Uh, volume one uh, has been out and uh, volume uh, two is the issues are coming out right now. We're going to talk to Val uh, all about his kind of journey in art and comic art. And also we have with us Tyler Chin Tanner, the co-founder and co-publisher of A Wave Blue World, who is also the writer of Mezzo, who is going to be here to talk about that comic as well. And uh, Val and Tyler, welcome to the Cryptid Creator Corner. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having us. Thank you. So, uh, pleasure, Val. Pleasure being here. Sorry. No, you're fine. Um, th th thanks very much for being here. Um, so, Val, I, I want to start with you. Um, you are uh, uh, from Brazil, is that correct? Yes. Correct. And, I'm from and, São Paulo. Okay. And when did you, I guess, kind of start uh, in terms of art? When did you, you know, first get interested in it? Was it something you did since you were, you know, a kid? Yeah, it's a... Uh... I've uh, always dreamed of being a comic book artist, but uh, I spent uh, most of my, uh, until the, I was 35 years old, was when I really started to pursue this career. I used to work in a, in a hospital, you know, uh, as that, the, the guy that delivers the, the medicine to the to the to the uh, nurses, you know. Okay. And then I said, "Oh, I, I hate this. I don't like working in it." <laughs> <laughs> but I always read comics since since the the nineties. You know, I'm a forty one mm -hmm. year old, so I started later in, in life to really work with what i like you know so um so you were a fan of of comics as a kid then yeah but did you do art even you know not professionally oh, yeah. but draw as a kid and yes uh, i've always um uh, like drawing and copying the comics i used to read and uh you know jim lee Todd McFarlane, that 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 guy is the, from Image, and yeah, you might have heard of them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but uh, and when I was uh, seventeen, I got uh, into a art school that very famous here in Brazil. That's called the uh, Escola Panamericana de Arte. It's a Panamerican School of Arts, and. Uh, you, you know, there I, I learned more about how to improve, and but then I stopped. Uh, I I never continued pursuing that career until I was 
30, more, more than 30 years old, you know. So what was it when you got to that point when you're in your, your 30s? What was yeah. it that made you think that, uh, you know what, I'm, I'm really going to try and pursue, you know, a comic book art uh, career? Mm -hmm. I, I think it's passion, you know. Like when I was working, I used to bring paper and draw in, I, in, in work and, you know, uh, uh, I was, you know, I was like dreaming awake about mm -hmm. doing comics. Uh, and, uh, you know, in, and then I got to the point that I asked to be uh, fired. And, and I said, I'll, I'll, I, I actually spent more than a year in, in in my in my house just practicing oh wow and, uh, putting putting stuff on uh devient art and then and then was was that was when i was uh, contacted by dan waters to send a pitch to vault comics oh okay yeah so that was so, so. Then Dan had contacted you. Dan Waters, the writer of Deep Roots, had contacted yeah. you to put a pitch together for Deep Roots. Yes. Um, I I, I love that comic. Um, I love the. I mean, if anyone isn't familiar with it, it's essentially there's another world that is let let's say very very vegetal, mm -hmm. <laughs> and there are creatures there that then invade our world. So there's. A lot of character work um, and creature work that you do that is very, you know, uh, plant-based, vine-based, um, yeah. and it's 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 really wonderful. It's it's a, it's a wonderful story, and it, the the visuals are fantastic. Um, who do you think is there? Is there another artist or other artists or a comic book or style that you think you know influenced you? Like when you approach a story like Deep Roots. Yeah, it, uh, in Deep Roots, I was very influenced, obviously by uh, Swamp Thing. You know, uh, Stephen B. said mm -hmm. very organic. I like drawing that organic things, and. Uh, um yeah that's it but uh um you know uh my influences i i when someone asks me about my influences i i, al I always get a little bit uh forgetful because there are so many influences that i <laughs> i don't wanna forget anyone but i, I love liam sharp <laughs> that you had here recently on the podcast and I yeah, I listened to the yeah. podcast with him and he's oh, yeah. so good, you know. Byron interviewed, uh, my other co-host Byron interviewed Liam about yeah. um, Starhenge and Starhenge. Uh, yeah, I actually, in reading some of the later issues of, of Mezzo, which has some, some things, not to spoil anything for anyone who hasn't read it, but there are some things in it that reminded me a little of your work on Deep Roots. Mm -hmm. And um, there's some things in there that remind me of uh, Liam Sharp's recent 
uh, Batman and Wonder Woman uh, Brave and the Bold that he kind of did, which was his take on Batman and Wonder Woman and I think Celtic mythology. Mm -hmm. And and there's some things that he does in there that were reminiscent of of some of the things you were doing. I I think that's a good touchstone in terms of I can see that influence in your work. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, uh, I like Sinkovich and Libermejo, but these are like the guys. Oh, who who do who do you wish you like to draw as good as you know Libermejo? It was like he's. He draws too much. Uh, <laughs> maybe in 10 years, I can be that good, like 20 or 30 years. Well, I I, I mean, I think you, ha- you can certainly see influences of some other individuals in your work. That's why I asked. I was curious. But I, I really feel that you, especially in Mezzo, have a style all your own. Um, and one of the things I saw as I was kind of going through from volume one to volume two, um, the layout panel designs were getting more mm-hmm. intricate and more you know interesting in terms of some of the action and battle scenes um yeah it, do you i mean do you like kind of the creature work you know you, better or do you like the action scenes do you like facial acting what is it that you you know really gets you excited when you you get a script in front of you yeah when i started working on volume one after Josh Zingerman, uh, he, he left the, the comic and I, I started working in his place. I I felt like I had to follow what he was doing, but mm-hmm. putting, putting my, my, my style a little bit, you know, and getting to know the characters. It, it takes time for me, you know, so in volume two, I feel like I'm I'm more accustomed to them, you know, to their characteristics. To so, but I, I really like drawing creatures, you know, the the arbata that are the plant creatures. I are like mm-hmm. my favorite thing to draw, <laughs> and you see it on the pages. And, and there's also that I I change from the traditional inks to the to to the digital. From, uh, from uh, issue four of volume two, I started inking on the iPad, and that oh, okay. changes because I feel like drawing in digital. It takes from it makes me more comf- comfortable, more confident. Oh, because I, I I don't worry if I will spill some ink or or that I will make some mistakes, mm-hmm. and. Uh, but I, I still draw on on paper when when I can, you know, I, for commissions and stuff. Yeah, and so commissions, you're still traditional. Yeah, I, I okay. made um, a couple of commissions recently, and I, I drew it on paper. I think I saw one. I was on just you know doing some research before the interview and was going through your your Twitter page and. It looked like you had done uh, one of the Corinthian, yeah, um, Sandman. Was that traditional? No, that's that's uh, on the iPad on Procreate. Oh, was it? Yeah, yeah. That was. If if anyone can go find it when you're listening to this, when this episode <laughs> airs, I mean, it's fantastic. That was Thank great. Um, yeah. Well, let me bring in our other our other uh, 
guest tonight who's uh, sitting here uh, patiently. Thank you, Tyler. Um, so you um, are the writer of mm -hmm. uh, Mezzo, in addition to being the co-founder and co-publisher of A Wave Blue World. Um, and as Val mentioned, uh, Josh Singerman, I believe, was on um, issue one and two of volume one, and then Val took over for issue three of volume one. Yeah. Uh, so what kind of led you to, you know, Val's work? And then this was a comic that you had been writing. Um, what was it that brought, you know, how'd you reach out to Val to bring him in on this uh, project? Well, I mean, I, uh, with, with Josh doing the first two issues and then moving on to storyboarding, uh, I wanted to find someone that maybe wasn't you know, the exact stylistic match, um, but had something of the same sort of energy, same sort of feel to it. Um, and I had seen Deep Roots. Um, I can't remember what exactly made me come around to um, his work. If, if it was Val first on Twitter, if I saw him and I was like, oh yeah, I remember Deep Roots and I should go that. Or if I picked up a copy of Deep Roots and sort of looked up Val on Twitter, but you know, either way, uh, I saw that saw that comic, and as you mentioned, like the plant creatures, the floral, everything that fit well, both with the the jungle setting of the comic, but also the Arbatha creatures. And I knew we had um, one of the characters that Val got to invent was the Great Mother, who lives in the World Tree, because that was number three. So I knew like that was coming up. So somebody who could who could draw a character like that, and there was a big. There's a big creature different than looking uh, than the great mother looks, but in bitter roots, there's a big creature there, and there's just the scale and everything. I was mm -hmm. like, well, that that's a great fit. So I, I reached out to Val just through Twitter, like a message, like you know, how should I go about, you know, <laughs> if you're interested in doing a comic or whatever, and uh, it was pretty yeah. straightforward, and and we got him on there, and he picked up with number three, and I I thought, you know, the the transition was very seamless, but as he went along, it became more and more his work and his book by volume two. And then, you know, he's on volume three right now. And I think even more so, you know, this first issue of, of volume three, it, it's just, just become so much his, his sort of like, you know, everything visually, aesthetically has just become his now. Mm -hmm. now the characters mm -hmm. taken over. Well, yeah. We've mentioned some of the things about it, but just since, you know, can you give like a little, um, maybe like the elevator pitch as to Mezzo in terms of the story, Tyler? Yeah, well, it's a um, high fantasy set in a Mesoamerican style uh, world. So rather than taking like from a lot of like Roman Saxon type like things or Vikings, I was like, well, let's use, you know, the Mesoamerican Mayan, Aztec, Inca, things like that. It's, but it's, it's loosely based off of that things. I definitely do pull from some of the gods and the mythologies, but it's it's not meant to be historical. Um, mm -hmm. The idea it's a class a clash of civilizations, which we had a lot of that time period. You know, one society deems itself greater than the rest, than the dispersed tribes, and that their god, you know, um, wants them to to rule the land, right? And the one leader who says he speaks to the god is like, we will go out on a conquest and take over everybody else. And so then you have a story of them, but you have the story of the tribes that have all been divided and they have their own politics. Now they have to come together and put, you know, family history and so many, you know, levels of that together to resist the Salakul conquest. So. 
It, yeah, and there, I thought um, going through it even as quickly as I did that I'm like, oh, there's a lot of different characters here. Mm. Um, and, but uh, I, I felt like there were enough or a lot of visual cues to really set apart who everyone was. Like, I didn't need a lot of the... Um, I didn't have to always go and check the dialogue to make sure, you know, there was enough done in the visual story, you know, with comic books, it is a visual medium, but there yeah. was enough in the visual storytelling. I could kind of, Oh, I know who this is now. I know this, this is Rodin. This is, you know, I could kind of get who the people were quickly and tell them apart. Everyone had a very distinctive look, which I thought, you know, was, was great. Um, I thought, I, I think, Issue three of volume two was kind of my my favorite going through it. There's that opening battle scene. Yeah. Um, I love the panel layouts. I love how it's done. It feels different than some of the other work in the other issues. Yeah. Um, you know, Tyler, is everything, you know, how do you script things? Are they fairly tightly scripted? And, you know, Val, do you have room to kind of experiment and say, you know what, we're just, we're going to do this different than we've done things before. We're going to lay it out a little differently. How does that work with your, you know, collaboration, if you both can talk about that? Uh, I think it's something we've been experimenting with. I was, I was very, I was probably tighter with volume one, especially with them taking over volume two, especially when we got to number three, it was real loose. Like this is basically what's going on in the fight, but I'm not going to break down panel by panel who's swinging what, but just, Here's a sense of what goes on. So it got really loose with that. And, you know, I think that's a good direction that we want to go in more. But also mm -hmm. I want to make sure, like I'm trying to figure out, like, you know, especially when it comes to the storytelling aspects or there's so many new settings, which we're seeing in volume three, that I want to make sure Val gets the information that he needs and the storytelling beats than to truly understand what I'm getting at here, but also has the freedom to lay things out um, and break up the panels, you know, as he as he wishes. Mm -hmm. So it's it's still sort of a process because every comics, you know, it's it's complicated, and uh, you know, <laughs> when you're cl you're collaborating, but uh, yeah, yeah, right, yeah. and yeah, mostly mostly uh, uh, Tyler used to. Uh, number the the panels and and the the actions. But actually, some of the the pages he, he he just said, "Oh, this happens, and you decide how to 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 divide the panels into actions, you know." And and I in issue that issue that you mentioned, I, I really like that one because I I've decided to to go with the nine grid panel, the six grid panels. Uh, it, for me to to maintain the beat of the story you know the, of the action mm -hmm. i mean that was a really good uh, decision to make mm -hmm. yeah i mean i thought it worked for me reading it because it's so action heavy in the beginning and especially some of the panels at least you know looking at it on my ipad i'm reading it on the ipad and some of the panels that are tilted a certain way it gives it gives the whole sequence an even greater sense of movement mm -hmm. um which you kind of you kind of need it really propels the story along especially when characters are you know riding in on giant animals and jumping <laughs> yeah. off and somebody's jumping off of a cliff into the fray i mean it, it really gives it a great you know sense of movement and it i think it it's it's um it's one of the you know i really enjoyed it but i said it feels like one of the stronger issues because there, there's so many great 
visual um, yeah. moments. Like there's, there's, there's some really great, you know, panels in there. So mm -hmm. um, really enjoyed it. Yeah. There's something I, I'd like to mention too, that uh, when I started the, working on the book, I was, you know, you don't know what you're expecting exactly. You, you jump on the, the, the work. But uh, then when I, I, I saw that Tyler would, was taking the characters from point A to point B, and they, they meet in some points, and they go to other points, the way that he does, does that, you know, it's very, very interesting, you know? Mm -hmm. Very, you know, uh, oh, and in, he establishes that in, in volume two, that the, the flashbacks, are always in the, in the start of the issue. And you, you, you notice that some characters used to know each other's in the past and they're, they're mm -hmm. to, to meet again, you know, it's very cool. Yeah, it was fun to play with in volume two, start off yeah. with a flashback. Each yeah. time you get to see, oh, these characters actually know each other a little bit and here's right. what influences the battle when they're all running into each other and, and fighting so yeah yeah and uh, there are some uh, great close-ups um I, I felt like the facial acting um val really i mean i i don't know like what it was in particular but like especially in issue like four and five like and even in the flashbacks the facial acting is so good um it feels like it's like just every issue um mm -hmm. there's more and more emotion on the characters, which feel it's great because you're getting to know them and uh, you're able to uh, get a sense of what it is they are, you know, feeling on the page. So it's uh, a really great work. I really, really thank loved you, it. Um, yeah. I can't wait to like go through it in depth. And, uh, and then, you know, uh, volume three is expected in like May of 2023. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's the plan. We'll keep going. I'm I'm the one slowing Val down now. So <laughs> yeah. I need to but, get yeah, it. We're working on it. Working on it. Oh. Well, just so for everyone listening, so Mezzo, you're going to be able to order volume one. Um, yeah. probably by the time this this comes out, um, it'll probably be sometime in August. So it'll be right before I think uh mid September you'll be able to get volume one and that same time frame, I think, like you said, Tyler, September 7th, issue five of volume two will be out, right? Yeah. So volume one's been out for the last couple of years. We did put it back into previews just okay. for, to order it with volume two coming out. But, it, but it's around and you can get it on our website and things like that. But yes, uh, the last issue of volume two comes out September 7th. And then the full trade comes out in October, the end of October. So you can get the full second book, you know, depending on if people prefer reading issues or the completed book. Yeah. Nice. Well, I always want to ask this because I love back matter and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I know for the volume one that you sent me, there was like a little bit of a breakdown of kind of some like the historical basis of some of the early um, uh, Mesoamerican that I think around 500 AD type of, you know, Aztec maya and other uh, indigenous tribes of that area is that is some of those things going to be collected in the trade yes yeah the first one i touched on a couple of the things and in this one 
you know, we, we touch on the ball game, which is featured in this one. Um, yeah, some of the, the councils and, and things like that, things that are relevant that I, that I took from. Because like I said, it's not historical, but that doesn't mean that I didn't, you know, pull from a lot to use as a basis for this separate world. Yeah, so that'll be in there. And we had some in the issues too. You know, we had some of Val's uh, layouts up to finished colors, some mm -hmm. of the colors. So I think that stuff's fun too, to put in both the issues and the trade paperback. Oh yeah, I definitely, and I, I, I enjoy that stuff. And um, speaking of the colorists, I think on the first volume, it was uh, Doug Gabarak and um, Varga, is it uh, Thomas? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Doug Garbach started it with Josh, and and uh, yeah, and Tommy kind of came on. Uh, okay. Yeah, Tommy Varya, I think he goes. It's it's he's Hungarian. Um, oh, okay. And then I think I had it. Yeah, it, I think order, I had it backwards, but go ahead. <laughs> the, his surname, it, it's it's like an Asian culture, but but Hungary, I guess Hungary does it as well. Puts the surname in front of the first name. Um, so we brought him back for the flashbacks and then we brought on Gab Contreras for volume two to take over Doug's spot. And that way I could go back to separating main timeline and flashback by the coloring. So it's Val's line on both, but a very different color style. Oh yeah. And, and it, you can tell, and, and yeah. um, both very good. Um, uh, Gab Contreras is a colorist I'm familiar with, has done some, fantastic work and especially in indie comics recently um but yeah you can you can tell with the different looks uh mm -hmm. in terms of the flashbacks it's it's a kind of a softer type of uh mm -hmm. lighter color palette um and then everything's letter Th thomas mauer has been the uh, letterer on all of them yep he's been consistent throughout so <laughs> <laughs> nice, <laughs> nice. number one yeah <laughs> I just like you know. I just like to mention the, uh, the yeah, no, yeah, the, the creative it, yeah. team. Yep. Um, uh, so you know, Val. Um, I mean, overall, looking at this series, and there's so many different things that you've gotten to you know do in it. Um, you said you really like kind of drawing the the bigger uh, creatures in it. Mm -hmm. um, I thought your animal work was really good too. Uh, some of the, the the creatures that are ridden into battle. Um, are wonderful um i mean they look very fluffy but deadly uh, <laughs> um what has kind of been you know some of the other you know favorites or some of the other things that you've been excited about drawing or experimenting with in in terms of a series like this yeah i, I love uh, that in volume two i was able to draw a, a big battle that you know is a a new artist is everything's a challenge, you know. And uh, in this volume, there's, as you mentioned, there's a, a double double page spread of a battle with thousands of, of, of people battling each mm -hmm. other in a, a big uh, feline creature and the, the Arbata and all that. So it's all very uh very cool to draw but also very challenging and as an artist you 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 feel like am i doing this right am i am i good enough for this mm -hmm. <laughs> you know you... yeah oh, he's been knocking it out of the park and everything 
<laughs> I think just want to challenge him more, invite, invent some more creatures for him to. to draw. <laughs> I don't know if he appreciates that or not, but yeah, but uh, well, yeah, I, I like I like drawing Kima and the uh, and the Fagor, the 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 big strong guy. And yeah, with the big sword. There's a scene yeah. with him that with him and Kima's mother. That's a homage to Frank Miller's "The Death of uh, Electra." And uh, that that's a very cool scene. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, the um, yeah, the issues four and five. Uh, I mean, the the sword that uh, is it Fagor uh, yeah. with his helmet. Yeah, I mean, it, there's a lot of really cool details in it. Mm -hmm. Um, in terms of you know a wave blue world, Tyler, just to switch yeah. you know sure. over to you, like what type of things can you know we can expect um, what else might be out from a wave blue world that you can talk, talk about? Yeah. Well, um, this month we're actually launching our next creator series as we're wrapping Mezzo volume two, Ma two up. Uh, we're launching uh, next week, actually a week from today, uh, crash and Troy number one comes out. That's a, like a sci-fi fun. It's like a buddy because mm -hmm. they're mercenaries. Mm -hmm which yeah. I'm really excited about. That's a blast. That's um, awesome. I, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it, if anyone wants to check out the comic book Yeti website, I think, uh, I think I did a very early review of it. Uh, oh, did you, did you write that one? That was like a couple of years ago. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> wow. it, I don't know. It feels like it was a couple of years ago, but I'm very excited for, for crash and Troy to, to come out. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. That had trouble coming out the first time with its first publisher. It came over to us, yeah. and we get, we're getting the fur the full four issues coming out. Um, awesome! So that'll go through the end of this year with a trade in January. Then we're going to be doing Tower, uh, which we also announced uh, somewhere. That's a that's a um, futuristic. Uh, it's like a virtual reality game. It's like Hunger Games meets Tron type like thing. The writer actually played. Batwing and Lucius Fox on the Batwoman TV show. Camera's oh. Yeah. Okay. And uh, his, his writing partner, Kelsey Barnhart, Chris Cross was the artist. Um, so that'll be coming out at the beginning of next year before we jump into Mezzo Volume 3. Um, and then awesome. we've got a lot of cool stuff lined up. As you know, production put, takes quite some time. So lots of titles, sure. but nothing I've, nothing I've announced. Um, the artist of Bloody Hell is doing something else, um, you know. So you'll see some familiar faces for those who've been reading our work for sure. So, all right, yeah, I um, I think I first came across um, a wave blue world with your uh, anthology series. Mm -hmm. um, maybe someday, I think was the second one, right? All we ever wanted, and maybe someday, yeah. Yeah, all we ever, all we ever wanted was the first one, yeah, and maybe someday, which I, I thoroughly enjoyed both of those. I, I oh, have, yeah, thanks. Yeah, I have both of those somewhere on a, a shelf in the other room in my, my comic book shelf. <laughs> yeah, we appreciate. It. Yeah, we, we'll keep the anthologies going. We had Young Men in Love come out this year, and we mm -hmm. had Red Beats and Embodied. So that's one of the things we like to put out. Besides having a couple series each year, put out an anthology, maybe a you know, a, 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 um, original graphic novel. Yeah. Awesome. And so Val, how about you? Does, uh, are, are you working on anything else or is Tyler keeping you busy with all those hundreds of people, uh, battling each other? 
Now, at the moment, it's just mezzo. You know, there's always talk with with some writers, and you know how mm -hmm. comics is. You know, maybe something happens, maybe not. I yeah. don't know. <laughs> but we're, we're we're always talking to some writers and for something in the future. Let's see. Right. Well, I'm sure you're going to be very busy because <laughs> your your work on mezzo. <laughs> Your work on Mezzo alone will probably keep you busy, but once folks really start seeing that, um, it's 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 wonderful. It it really is thank fantastic. You, thank you. Yeah. Um, all right. I mean, anything else you uh, you guys want to mention about uh, Mezzo that we haven't covered yet? Oh man, I just want people to read it, right? Like it's one of those things. Just pick up or, or take a look at one of the copies. I, I think I just need to get it like in front of people, and people will be able to tell. Like, and I think for the most part, you know, this will be something they'll they'll be interested in. So, you know, look for it online. I've been doing videos, flipping through the issues. I just, you know, go go find it online. See if you, you know, it's for you, and uh, pick up either the issues or or the trade. Yeah, I'll certainly be talking about it even uh, before and after this because I I loved it. And yeah. um, uh, uh, speaking of Crash and Troy and the writer of that, Jared Lujan, his mm. his uh, he has a Kickstarter yeah. right now, um, but he had the Twin Blades. And I, I think I always uh, I always forget the name of the weapon whenever I see it, but the uh, Makwahitl. Yeah, I, I think I saw one or two of them pop up in uh, in Mezzo. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they're in there. Yeah, we, we were using those as, as weapons. Yeah, for sure. So we didn't, we do have some swords in there. Yeah. Uh, I remember when the first issue people came out, they were like, they didn't have swords. And back then, <laughs> like, well, it's a fantasy world. I mean, that was, it was sort of like Josh's choice to draw those at first. So we kind of kept them in. Right. The cool. But I was like, when the tribes start fighting and we introduced the, the Comkin, I was like, to Val, I was like, let's, uh, let's start using some more like obsidian blades and the, uh, you know, I can't say it either, though I, though I type it out for Val, but, but uh, yeah, those bat-type bat weapons. Right. Yeah. Well, Val, I wanted to ask you in terms of, um, you know, because this is kind of influenced by a certain period in history, but it's not mm -hmm. historical, as we, we, we've said. It mm -hmm. is like a, a, a fantasy setting, and you, you guys, you know, you create the rules of it. Um, but is there anything you did have to go and kind of research and say, I, I want this to look a certain way and you know have to kind of dig into what something may have looked like or it, has it just all been a creation of um you know of your own yeah the the research i did was light was because as it's a fantasy and it's not very based on real life i mostly uh the the that movie um, Apocalypto that I, I sure. took some some images from there some imagery influences from there okay and you know internet I've been seeing on Twitter some uh, prof profiles uh, retweeting and and liking it that are you know people that really study this. And I, I feel like, oh, please don't judge me too bad because of this. <laughs> no, I, I think you're fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I, was just, I, I really appreciate you both being here, Val. Um, uh, I appreciate you. Uh, 
I understand being shy. I, I, you know, um, never thought I'd be somebody that would be interviewing folks on a podcast, but um, I like to do it. It turns out I really appreciate you being here because uh, I love comics and I love talking to folks who make them. So yeah. Val, thank you. Thank you very much. And um, uh, Tyler, thank you for being here as well. Uh, yeah. I can't look, can't wait for all the stuff, you know, for more mezzo and for all the other stuff that you've mentioned that are, that are uh, a wave blue world is doing. So I really appreciate you, uh, you both being here tonight. Thank you. Yeah. yeah thanks thank so you. much. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So I'm being on. And uh, all right. So for everyone um, who's listening, uh, you're going to go and uh, you're going to check out uh, Val's Twitter page for that uh, sketch of the Corinthian. And then you're going to go check out Mezzo and Deep Roots if you haven't. Um, and uh, Crash and Troy. And I'll link everything I can in the show notes. Uh, but thank you very much for listening. For Comic Book Yeti's Cryptid Creator Corner, I'm Jimmy Gasparro. And I will see you next time. Bye, everybody. Bye. This is Byron O'Neill, one of your hosts of the Cryptid Creator Corner, brought to you by Comic Book Yeti. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of our podcast. Please rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. It lets us know how we're doing, and more importantly, how we can improve. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode of the Cryptid Creator Corner, maybe you would enjoy our sister podcast, Into the Comics Cave. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.